is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program. The number, if you want to join us here, is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Bonnie. And Mark. And, of course, you can take control of the airwaves. There's a lot to talk about here tonight. But let's uh, go back in time to a time where things were very, very different 14, 15, 20 years ago, somewhere in that range. Remember Guantanamo Bay? Yeah, it's been a little while since we've talked about Gitmo. Well, you know what? It's still there. I remember Barack Obama said he was going to shut it down. I guess he just, you know, forgot about that promise. I think it's really important to point out everything that uh, Trump was uh, wrong about, but we've got to forget everything the Democrats have been wrong about. Yeah, I mean, now the mainstream media, for whatever reason, didn't really talk about Guantanamo Bay during the Trump administration. I mean, you would think they didn't talk about it during Barack Obama's administration that much either. Yeah, now, I mean, when you can believe that if Trump had uh, promised to close Guantanamo, that there would have been story after story after story about oh, yeah. how how he had failed to do it because the media. No, no, uh, no, no. They would have opposed it. Because remember when Trump was doing things like withdrawing troops from Afghanistan, yeah, sure. the left-wing warmongers in the media were just, they were freaking out. Oh my God, if Trump removes troops from Afghanistan, it is going to unbalance the world powers. It will lead more terrorism into Afghanistan. Stuff it will, and things. All yeah. these claims. So that o- did Obama promise to close Gitmo before he was elected? Yes. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Now, was it in the 2008? Yeah, it was 2008, right? When he Right, 2008. And he basically, by 2012, he had uh, more or less abandoned it. What he right. didn't come out and say was, and this would have been acceptable, is, is that, um, ladies and gentlemen, I um, I want to apologize because, uh, uh, well, it's really not possible to shut down Gitmo. I don't believe that. You don't believe it because you don't care what the consequences are to any given action. But um, it is not possible to shut down Gitmo. Why? Um, okay, so... They, they created it. They can close it. They had all these. Uh, would Would you agree that there are bad guys there? I don't know. Have they been tried? No. Then no. In many cases, no. If you innocent until proven guilty. Why haven't they been tried? Well, that's a good question. They weren't arrested in the United States. I think almost all of them, right? Like they were just picked up in various different spots in the Middle East and elsewhere, and uh, just taken there. Well, yeah. Um. So, either all of them were innocent. All of them were guilty, or it was some mix of the two. And, um, you know, I would. It seems unlikely that all of them were guilty. Probably Agreed. more likely that all of that there's a mix of them, but it could be that all of them were innocent. We don't know. It's possible. They weren't put on trial. And the whole idea behind the, you know, the Bill of Rights is that it's supposed well, to apply to all people. Sure. And uh, the thing is, is that you can't really. Um, okay, so let's say that after the old war happens and whatever, it's pretty much shut down by uh, Obama's time, right? And he goes ahead and releases them all. And then um, some of them, let's presume they're called, we'll call them the bad ones, go out and do bad things again. Then Obama's going to get carry all the blame for having released them. Why couldn't the bad ones go, or like, why couldn't everyone just go into a regular prison, get sentences and then and go close? to trial? Because yeah. yeah. they don't really have evidence um, in so much as they were caught in other countries by well, the military. No evidence, then, then why don't they, they send be, them back to the other countries they're from? They should be why cut do we loose. need to deal with them? Right. Well, then we would do a story on uh, what when the CIA got 
uh, Poland to hold uh, some of them and that sort of thing. So they we did that, right? So like secret. Uh, I didn't do it. Secret police. The United States did that. Uh, secret police did things like, um, hey, hold on to these people and don't let them out. Uh, here's some money. And so that was done too. Uh, Gitmo was just the U.S. version of that. So um, I'm saying you're not that, persuasive. Well, I'm not trying to be persuasive to you. Okay, you wouldn't be persuaded anyway, right? If because I believe innocent until proven guilty means something. If releasing everybody from Gitmo caused the United States uh, with Washington D.C. power structure to collapse, you would do it in an instant. But you know that wouldn't be the case. No, it wouldn't. But it would bring uh, you know bad press upon the people who did it, and they don't so? want that. I understand that politicians are a bunch of cowards. Is that what you're saying? The reason why he didn't do it is because he's a coward? Well, of course. It's All beyond, politicians it's well are cowards. That, but, I mean, you know, there were bad people there. Some of them were bad. Yeah, they're running the place. The bad people are running the place. Yeah, I was okay? going to say, if the United States thinks they're bad, I don't really know what ground to like measure that on. There's plenty of uh, there's plenty of instances where bad people um, are, you know, labeled by all kinds of governments. So, you know, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say is is that if you have a government, right? Like if there's a society, let's let's presume we have a private society. Mm. Okay? One exists right now, two exist right now in Honduras. Okay. Are they going around dropping bombs on the Middle East? Nope. Okay, then they won't have a problem. They don't care to do that. But yeah. they are going to have people who commit crimes inside of their thing and they are responsible for incarcerating them. Mm. So what are you going to do? Or making them leave. What's that? Or making them leave. I can tell you what, Honduras doesn't want you to let them leave. If they commit a crime, you're responsible. Mm-hmm. Like, you become responsible when you create a society. So that's the way it is. Yeah. Why would I be responsible for something someone else did because I lived in the same land mass as them? Um, if you are running a, uh, a, a country, right? Like, if you've decided, I am going to, um, you know, create a... Uh, a private He's city. talking about his uh, ZA idea, well, the idea of a z- economic zone in which some company is in charge of this land and they've come to some sort of an agreement with the Honduran government in order to do this. And part of that agreement is that they have to do some sort of law enforcement. They do have to do some sort of law enforcement in order to uh, to create these. And the thing is, is that while Free Talk Live has made its bread and butter complaining about how the op- government operates, one of the critiques of us have been over time is, is that we don't have alternate solutions and when I, I you know my step one in u.s foreign policy should be stop dropping 10 million dollar bombs right. on 10 dollar problem solved if However, you don't invade it's um, not solved though it you pretty know much that, solves right? it i mean you don't see uh terrorists attacking the countries that don't invade the middle east it doesn't I, happen i suspect that you will find some bad people still. And, in those places? Sure. Of course, there's crazies everywhere. A lot of them are in the government. And you could turn over the bad guys to those uh, those other countries, and I think that would be an interesting solution. Say, hey, we're out of this business. We're not doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. But it, consider that the United States' position in the world is based on its uh, control of the U.S. dollar, which is based on trade okay. of oil so you've given in the us, U.S. dollar. You've given us excuses as to why the politicians don't think they can shut down Guantanamo. Would you shut it down? I, I don't see any particular reason for Guantanamo. I would okay, shut it so down. so you would shut it down. Yes. Good. So we're on the same page. Do they torture people there still? That's what this story is all about. So you have to go over to the UK, in this case, the Daily Star, to get actually, you know, any reporting on Guantanamo Bay. 
They interviewed a man believed to be their most tortured prisoner. Now, of course, there's still people there, so you're not getting to interview them. Uh, So of the ones who have been released, he's their most tortured prisoner, and he's spoken out about his 14 years of abuse that he suffered within its walls. Mohamedo Oloud Salahi spent a decade and a half in the world's most notorious detention center, shackled in a six-by-eight-foot cell, shackled, uh, when he wasn't being subjected to elaborate methods of physical and mental punishment. That's despite the fact that he was never charged with a crime. As a young man, he moved from Mauritania to study in Germany, where he fell in with a group of Muslims who convinced him to join the Mujahideen fighting in Afghanistan. He lasted only two months in Afghanistan before going back to Germany to finish his degree. But over the years, he maintained unwitting connections with jihadists, including his cousin, who was Osama bin Laden's spiritual advisor. After the September 11th attacks in 2001, Mr. Sahil was living in Mauritania when he received a summons from the nation's spy chief, was flown to Jordan, and was then kept in a secret prison for six months. Then it was on to Bagram, Afghanistan, where he was interrogated by U.S. soldiers demanding that he tell them where Osama bin Laden was located. His protestations that he had never met bin Laden fell on deaf ears, and he was then tied to 33 other men and loaded onto a plane to Cuba and sent to Guantanamo Bay. We'll then tell you the rest of the story coming up here in moments about his stay, 14 years of his life. With no charges in this place. I'd sell Guantanamo Bay to uh, a hotel uh, corporate, uh, international hotel conglomerate so they could have a resort there. 603-283-6160. You can (laughs) take control of the airwaves here. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. The number here is 603-283-6160. At 603-283-6160 in the studio here tonight. You've got Ian, Bonnie, and Mark. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. You can go there and get started. Right there at the top of the page, click Get Started. If you're brand new to cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, you'll get the basics there. Uh, They've got a series of videos. The top one, I think it's all of three minutes long. You can watch that one. And you'll get some basic concepts down. There are others there if you feel like spending a little bit more time on it. And this is something that's worth spending a little bit of time on because, well, it's not going away. Cryptocurrency is likely with us for the rest of our lives, I would guess. It seems to be, uh, you know, becoming more firmly ensconced in society and in business. Uh, so, you know, you really ought to take take some time to learn about it. And Bitcoin.com can help you with that. If you're not new, you can go to news.bitcoin.com, get the latest headlines from the world of cryptocurrency there at news.bitcoin.com. Yeah, do you think we've gotten past the uh, sort of uh, digital beanie baby insult about uh, cryptocurrencies or or what? Every time I get on Twitter to look at like what's trending in the news on there, um, to look for like show prep, mm-hmm. there's always a story about cryptocurrency. It's so mainstream. It's getting there. I mean, there's still... What did I see? So there was somebody on Twitter who posted like a survey result they i don't know who it was that did the survey but whether it was scientific or not i don't know but anyway the the survey was asked of whatever group of americans what uh are you going to purchase bitcoin or something are you mm-hmm. going to invest in bitcoin and 86 percent of them said no and 14 percent said yes so well, what he was suggesting was that we're still at the beginning of this thing right so there's something called an, an s-curve 
and an inflection point. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you look at the adoption curve of, I don't know, just about everything that we use now ubiquitously, uh, I don't care if it's automobiles or whether it's uh, you know the internet, uh, you know YouTube, whatever it is, whatever whatever it is, you can look at. Uh, so this is how they generally look. There's an S curve where um, for the first X number of years. Um, so, you know, the, the same number uh, applies, X, mm-hmm. right? So if it's 10 years for the adoption rate to get to 10%, that's the inflection point. Okay. If it takes 10 years for the adoption rate to get to 10%, maybe I shouldn't have used 10 because now I'm using 10 twice, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's 10 years. Then it will be 10 years for the full adoption to occur mm. and then 10 more years for the adoption to reach near 100 Okay, so where are we at now with Bitcoin? Ten years, and the inflection, you just heard it. You just said it yourself. How many people were going to buy Bitcoin? 14%. The inflection point is 10. Mm-hmm. So, so we're in the next 10-year ten, ten phase right. is what you're saying. Right, so we're going, it's going to dramatically increase mm-hmm. according to this, you know. These, if this means anything when it comes to Bitcoin. Right, it, yeah. you know, every, every chart means something until it doesn't mean something. But there are a lot of things where you can look at the inflection point, S-curves, and th- these sorts of things and say, you know, well, these are the, the, uh, the technologies that were adopted. Whether And I don't mean tech as in technologies. I mean, you know, rubber tires. Who knows? Um, yeah. We can Remember, come back to, stagecoaches didn't have rubber tires, generally. We can come back to Bitcoin uh, here in just a bit, because uh, we actually do have some stories about that. The, uh, not Federal Reserve, but Treasury Chairperson nominee Janet Yellen is calling Bitcoin extremely inefficient. Is she right about that? We'll get into it uh, coming up here. But first, back to the story about Guantanamo Bay. We're referring to a man who spent 14 years of his life there. He is now out and we're just kind of giving a brief recap of what happened to him, thanks to the DailyStar.co.uk. They have the story. I don't know if you're going to see this in American media. But anyway, they're talking about how he, you know, he fell in with the wrong crowd. He went to college, uh, was, was studying in Germany. I don't know if it was college, but he was studying in Germany, fell in with a group of Muslims. They convinced him to join the Mujahideen in Afghanistan. He gave up after two months, went back to finish his degree. And then was called up by the, or summoned in some way, by the spy chief of Mauritania, where he was living in 2001. Was then flown to Jordan, kept in a secret prison for six months, sent to Bagram, Afghanistan, interrogated by U.S. soldiers, asked where bin Laden was. He said he'd never met him, and so they took him to Guantanamo Bay. Once there, he was interrogated and shown pictures of the 9-11 masterminds, who had stayed one night at his apartment in 1999. This was enough to convince officers of his guilt, and the U.S. military took charge of his imprisonment. That's where the real torture began, he told the Times. He endured 24-hour interrogation sessions, in between which he was locked in a pitch-black cell, kept icy cold. He was alternatively starved and then force-fed when he told guards that he suffered sciatic nerve pain. They kept him in stress positions, to make the pain worse. Mm. He says he was also sexually abused by female guards, which he says was painful and humiliating and left him permanently scarred. But the worst moment came when he claimed the guards showed him a forged letter that said his mother was in U.S. custody and was told they planned to rape her. 
He said that three masked guys came in with a snarling German shepherd and started beating me really heavily. They blindfolded me. I couldn't breathe and later found out I had broken ribs. They took me on a boat and started forcing my head into the sea to swallow seawater. Then they gave me to another team of two who kept beating me, then poured ice cubes between my clothes, then beat me again, then more ice. This went on for maybe seven or eight hours. Wow. After this particularly excruciating session, Mr. Sahil decided to confess to a crime that he claims he hadn't really committed to make the abuse stop, claiming that he had planned to blow up Toronto's CN Tower. From then, his treatment improved. He was given a pillow, painkillers, and a letter from his mother. Well, I mean, I guess in some ways, um, you know, if you if you're responsible for incarcerating somebody that will not confess to anything, then you're probably going to be beginning to wonder, huh, maybe he didn't do anything, and maybe we're holding an innocent man and doing terrible things to him. If he then confesses to something, then you're like, well, at least we're doing a good thing. We've got to take care of our prisoner. That's our job now. He was still in prison without hope of freedom until two lawyers met with him in 2005 and were horrified by his situation. Five years later, in 2010, a judge ruled he must be released, but the U.S. government appealed to keep him locked up. It wasn't until 2016, after a book about his ordeal became a bestseller, that Mr. Sahil was allowed to walk free after 14 years. He's still haunted by flashbacks and bizarrely finds it comforting to listen to the rap songs that were pumped into his cell at full volume to prevent him from sleeping. (laughs) He's now living back in Mauritania. He wants to join his wife and son in Germany, but he's been denied multiple visas, including by the UK. So there's your uh, little Guantanamo Bay update, just to remind you that this place is still in action. There are still people, and I don't know how many of them they have down there. Do Do they publish that information? How many prisoners they have in Guantanamo Bay? How many of them have actually seen the inside of a courtroom at any point in the however many years they've been holding them there? Do they still add people to it? By the way, is it? You know, I wouldn't think so. Add a few every year. Add you know a few dozen or let, how many are they letting out? How many are they adding in? We just don't hear anything about it. What kind of person do you have to be to be the person who that's your job to torture someone? Great question. You got to be a Terrifying. real sicko. The number here is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. That's 603-283-6160. Coming up, loneliness hitting young adults especially hard, according to the Wall Street Journal. Your calls and thoughts welcome. You can bring up whatever you want here on Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. Go there now. Click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find a cornucopia of information neatly organized for your needs. If you're a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com where you can get the latest headlines. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a slick and easy-to-use website, all put together by the best minds in the business to teach you about cryptocurrency. Bitcoin.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. From one jail story to another, Christopher Cantwell found guilty. This was last year of so-called interstate threats and extortion. And now sentenced. He did call uh, family services on this, uh, you know, 
fellow white supremacist of his to get uh, to get compliance and behavior that he was looking for. No doubt. I'm not defending what it was that uh, Chris Cantwell did, but I will say that I don't think he should have gone to prison uh, for it. I certainly don't think he should have spent 41 months, which is what the sentence was today in federal court. I don't mind the 12 months he got for calling uh, CPS on people's kids. That wasn't what the charge was for, I don't think. That's not uh, the extortion? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, he, he was wanted to- trying to get behavior out of somebody and uh, using yeah. law enforcement to get it. I mean, he basically swatted this dude. I mean, not exactly, but um, just you know, saying. Using, using I'm, I'm not looking for long sentences because yeah. I don't think that they're. I think that America has gone crazy with long sentences, and there's no particular point in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that. What is the functional difference, really, ladies and gentlemen, between a person doing 12 months in prison and doing, uh, what was the number? 41. 41 months in prison. So if he does, he has to do 85% of that in the federal system. So we'll call it three years. He's already, he's already done spent one. a year. Right. So he's got a year additional. What's the two difference? More. Really? Two what more is years. the difference in him doing two more years? Uh, I mean, he's already been locked up. Whatever he's going to well, learn. Well, now he's going to real prison. That's one difference instead of he's going to just yes, be in the jail. I'm asking uh, the, the average person doesn't know the difference between jail and prison. That's, that's true. And what do they think is going to happen? Frankly, jail is worse than prison. In that's my what opinion. I've heard. Now, we don't know if he's going to be in supermax or if he's going to be in minimum security. Doesn't seem likely with a you know 41 month sentence. But he's got a violent history. That when they, uh, I was at his bail hearing, and even though we know Chris Cantwell not to be a particularly violent person, he was at the um, Charlottesville situation, yep. and there was a fight that happened there, and he was involved in that fight. They dropped charges, correct? No, he took a guilty plea oh. uh, to a reduced charge of misdemeanor simple assault, I believe it was in that case. Was it, wasn't it for pepper spraying someone? It was, and he says it was for a defensive uh, pepper spraying of someone, but that doesn't matter because he took a guilty plea, and so he has an assault charge on his record, and that's all that mattered in the bail sentencing hearing, or the bail hearing, to this judge was because he had an assault charge, therefore he's a this dangerous judge- threat to the to the community and could not possibly be allowed out on bail this entire time. Well, okay, so in the last uh, segment, we were talking about uh, Obama covering his butt. Mm-hmm. because um, So basically, to cover his butt, there's no way he could shut down Gitmo. And I will say with this judge, the judge can't let America's most famous white supremacist walk free on bond Mm. as though he's not dangerous. And it wouldn't have mattered whether it was assault or just the charge of assault or whatever. That judge would have found something to say, no. You're probably right about that. But my point is, he was being made out to be this menace to society when everybody that knows him knows that's not the case. Pathetic and He's a man who sits at home in his house and plays video games and gets high. I mean, that's basically what he does. And he wasn't a threat to anybody, even though he was very nasty to another white supremacist on the Telegram app in a series of conversations that is the reason why he is going to prison. Now, ultimately, he's the reason why he's going to prison, and that's because he joined this insane community of these white supremacist people. He became a a Nazi. He became a racist. And he fell in with this group of very ugly uh, people who many of whom are even worse, uh, in my opinion, than, than Chris Cantwell. And he had a fight 
with those people on the internet, as Chris Cantwell is wont to do. I mean, if you knew Chris Cantwell before his Nazi days... He liked a good flame war. Yeah, you knew he had a tendency to say some mean stuff to people online. And I don't think saying mean stuff to people online should be illegal. Now, unfortunately, that ultimately was the basis of this particular case. And now your point about him calling the CPS on this guy, you're right. That that does cross a line beyond just saying mean things on the Internet. Had he not believed in the state, had he not changed from being a libertarian into a Nazi statist, um, he likely would still be sitting here in the studio with us doing free talk live. Right. Had he not believed in the state, he wouldn't have got some state. Mm-hmm. That's and right. that's what he got. Yeah. He used um, the state and then the state was used against him. And uh, and yeah. by the way, don't forget the other part of the story and the reason why he ended up getting convicted uh, or even really charged is because he admitted to the FBI, the very same under or the, uh, the very same FBI agent who tried to put our co-host nobody behind bars uh, for selling weed here in Keene and tried to have him flip on the activists here and wear a wire into the Keene Activist Center. The very same Phil Christiana, uh, Chris Cantwell contacted this uh, this man and he reached out to him about what some of the white supremacists were doing and he talked to the cops and in the process of talking to the cops which you know if you've been involved with libertarian cop block outreach for any amount of time you know is generally a bad plan in the process of talking to the cops he admitted to them that he was indeed the person behind those telegram messages so if he hadn't have told the cops that he was the person behind those telegram messages, then it could have been anybody who was naming themselves Chris Cantwell yeah. and having a feud uh, on the internet with these people, presuming he hadn't called CPS. Obviously, there's probably some phone records involved in that, but but they wouldn't have been able to link those telegram messages to him because telegram, interestingly, uh, there, I, again, I was at the bail condition hearing. This was The bail condition hearing was more than a year ago. So they hadn't done the crazy, like, uh, COVID crackdown, I could go into the court without wearing a mask kind of thing. Okay. So I was able to observe the entire bail hearing over a period of two days, and they called up an agent who was, he wasn't an FBI agent, he worked with the Manchester police, but he was like their liaison to the FBI, so he worked side by side with the FBI. And so they had this guy on the stand, and we're asking him questions, and one of those questions was about Telegram, and they also asked him about Bitcoin. Uh, which he barely had a grasp on. But the uh, Cantwell was getting donations in Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Regarding Telegram, though, the agent said that they could not subpoena Telegram for any information about the user. They could not get IP address information, for instance. Telegram probably has that information, but they couldn't get it from Telegram because Telegram, interestingly, does not have server locations based in the United States. But it didn't matter. He gave it to them. Well, right. Cantwell just gave it, gave up well, all the information. The they dirty needed. little secret of uh, the criminal justice system in the United States is is that it's all about getting you to con- uh, to to snitch on yourself mm-hmm. and your next closest two friends, and that's it. Like that's how it works. The whole shebang. Right. So the point being, if he had kept his mouth closed. In so many ways, right? Like, ultimately, it was his big mouth that led to this whole situation. But if he'd not talked to the cops, he probably would never have been charged, likely. He certainly would have had a much lesser likelihood of being convicted if he were charged, because they wouldn't have been able to, you know, connect him to very much. 
if he hadn't have opened his mouth and you know actually went to the government when in the case of the cps they wouldn't have had that uh to hold over his head if he hadn't opened his mouth and and cared about what his haters thought because ultimately that's what got him in in trouble not all these things sort of combined together is what got him in trouble the, the fact that there were these group of nasty people called the bull patrol arguably even worse racist than uh, than chris chris was pretty bad um had he not cared so much about like coming after them and trying to track them down and trying to learn who their their real identities were and make their lives a living hell because the bull patrol was trying to make cantwell's life difficult right i mean you know these are irascible people jerks of the highest order yeah they're a-holes and and they've got nothing but time th- right is all they do is <clears throat> you know they just argue amongst themselves most of the time they're not actually achieving anything that they talk about no they're not waking the world safe for the white race or whatever rambling nonsense. They're not going on shooting sprees no. like they're uh, They're, they're just idle. fighting with each other. Yeah. So had he just... And, and I will thank Cantwell for that. Thank you for the insight into what a bunch of idiots these are. <laughs> yeah. And they will likely continue to fight amongst themselves even without Cantwell around. But had he just ignored them, had he just gone about doing his thing and focused on whatever he was doing, none of this stuff would have, uh, would have happened to him. So don't let your haters uh, get your... T- It's Free Talk Live, talking about uh, Chris Cantwell being sentenced to 41 months behind bars for basically having a fight with another Nazi on the internet. I don't think that uh, the sentence is appropriate. I don't think that the charges were necessary. I say let the Nazis fight with each other. Basically, the FBI intervened in a fight between Nazis and they stopped it. Well, the FBI wanted to get uh, Cantwell, and you know he was the at that point he was America's uh, most wanted, not in the uh, criminal sense, but uh, you know, sort of the social sense uh, in Charlottesville. People hated that dude because Cantwell's articulate. That's the reason he's able to. Um, you know, they did that. Was it Vice that followed him around for a couple of days and then did this long mm-hmm. bid on him, and you know. He's he's articulate and yeah, people hated him for it. They don't want somebody who can make this look as good as he was making it look. Wait, what what was he making look good? He he could make his arguments um in, you know, against whatever racial mixing and and whatever Jews and I don't know even what no You what. think that's why the FBI wanted to do something about Chris Cantwell? Cuz he was articulate? When he was on Tranny versus Nazi, he didn't make any sense. Right. Well, um, he's he did. This is the problem with the press. Okay. So the pre- the press doesn't the you you hire somebody out of college, right? And they don't know anything about the issues at all. So they go and they do an interview. An interview is considered news. But if you ask, like, they didn't even have hard questions. I mean, you know, what's the press going to ask somebody that's difficult? They don't know enough about the subject. So when Aria sits here, who also is articulate and has a different opinion than Cantwell has, didn't come to the same conclusions Cantwell did. I know why Cantwell did what he did. He sat Ian and I down and told us he was going to do it. He took us to the pub restaurant Mm -hmm. and he paid for our lunch. Isn't that right? I don't know. I I remember going there, but I don't remember who paid for it. He uh, and he said, hey. Let's be super duper controversial because my two favorite radio stars, 
what were their names? The ones down in Connecticut that uh, got taken off the regular radio. One of them called Opie somebody, and Anthony. Opie and Anthony. Opie and Anthony were are uh, they're controversial. So let's be controversial. Who cares if we lose a bunch of stations? Now our goal up to that point had always been to get radio stations, and we certainly weren't going to let uh, some loony uh, broadcasting out of his basement. Uh, you know, convince us to do otherwise. It just seemed like a really bad idea, but he was going to do it. And ladies and gentlemen, he was successful for a period of time. He got a lot more donations from bigots than he did from libertarians. That's true. He used to run a show called Questioning Authority or something like that. No, that's Vincent's show. Well, help me out. What's the name of it? What was the name of his previous show? Whatever, whatever know. that show was, it was a libertarian show, and he oh some garbage podcast, some bar- garbage podcast. Yeah. Yes, he did a uh, he did a podcast, and he you know did libertarian stuff. He called himself an anarchist uh, atheist, atheist a hole, mm-hmm. right? So he used these three terms. They're a's, and you could go to a and it's alliterative. A little three above it, even though that's not how math works. Whatever. Um, <laughs> so. He, uh, you know, he was he was that. And mm-hmm. then he's like, hey, I wonder if I, I could get a lot of money out of these uh, bigots. And I'm a little bit of a bigot. So off we go to bigot land. Mm-hmm. That's how he did this. And that's why he did this. Yeah, and that's right. He told me one I time- told him that he was going to get himself in trouble. And he did. Uh, he had told me at one time that the more people that hate him, the more money he makes. That was his philosophy on, on you know, life, basically. And, and and as you pointed out, Mark, for a short time, it appeared to be true. Um, and then he went too far and things got uh, out of control. And now he's in prison. And I hope that, uh, you know, I, I only want the best for Chris. I want him to come back to some sort of sanity and leave behind racism. I don't know if that's going to happen while he's in prison. Can you help me with this? Because I've been trying to show um, in this, you know, this this little bit what we're doing here that you have taken seriously your oath as a minister of peace, mm. especially when it comes to Cantwell. Mm. He's your little project. Now, I don't think he's worth your trouble, but... My opinion doesn't matter here because you're trying to do this for the, all the right reasons. I've tried over time to figure out why you would, might, you know, whatever the reason is for, for over a course of years, why you would be dealing with Cantwell, why you have, you know, your favorite little Nazi and uh, that you're trying to convert. And the best I can tell is you're doing it for all the right reasons. You're trying to convert him back to what you consider to be righteous thinking. Mm. And, you know, I applaud it. But I mean, it can't. It, I, I, it's he's just such an awful person. Yeah, no, I understand why people are uh, feel the way that you do, and and there's no doubt that he behaves in a very awful fashion towards uh, towards other people. And I, I don't blame people for being very selective with who they spend their time on. And, right, you only have a certain amount and, of time on Earth. And you know, I I I don't blame people for that. Um, I've never been one of those people who shut somebody out just because they make some mistakes or you know they you know are rude or or whatever i mean i obviously you only again you do only have so much time and i i can't spend this amount of time on everybody but campbell and i already had a a friendship and so i'm not going to just tell somebody that oh you you know you've changed screw you i don't want to you know see you doing better in in life or anything like that so i wasn't going to just Leave him at well, the side of the I road. I can sit back here and hope that Cantwell does better. You yeah. know, like I don't have to, you know, when I see him the once every three years that I was seeing him over the course of the last six years, um, I'd say, hey, Chris, everything OK? Good. Yeah. 
and walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can hope, you know, wish him well, but you're doing much more than that. You're showing him that there's love out there, that he can receive love. Yeah. And yeah. that that's, that's right. possible for him because I don't think he believes it. No, and if everybody gave up on him, then you know who knows where where he would end up. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's been good. Maybe it hasn't. Maybe it has had no effect whatsoever. But I don't feel like I don't uh, think that's true from what I've uh, seen and heard. Yeah, I think it has had an effect. So uh, here's I wouldn't do it. Oh well, most too people, much work. Most people wouldn't. Um, so back to the or there is a story here. Uh, Informant News has a piece written by Hillary Sargent, who was the. Uh, one of Cantwell's online, you know, targets. She was uh, lefty, I would say. You know, maybe newsy reporter person or journalist or whatever, uh-huh. um, who he targeted at some point. I forget what the you know, what the ostensible reason for that was, but yeah. <laughs> uh, he caught her interest real big after that, and so she's been following his case quite closely. She was there at the sentencing hearing this morning. And she wrote up a piece about it. We'll share that with you coming up here in a moment. But first, Dave in New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Dave Ridley. Hey, guys. Uh, hey. As you as, we, as we've discussed earlier, I guess about free, 30 free staters, uh, libertarian activists uh, who moved to New Hampshire, were elected to the state house this, this session. And one a of the record newly elected number. State reps. Record number of them. Yeah. yeah, one of the newly elected free staters, I think she's a free stater, is Leah Cushman, who we talked about last night. Mm-hmm. And there's more news about her. Oh. Is it kooky? Not really. Okay. Because uh, the last thing we talked about last night was is that she's trying to pass a bill to get fluoride taken out of the water, which is like... No, it's you know. not. A lot of people have serious concerns about fluoride in the, the water. Well, good news. There's no there's, reason for it. There, I, 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 that much I'll go for. There's no fluoride in the water here in Keene, New Hampshire. And from what I can tell, there's no difference between Keene, New Hampshire and other cities where that have fluoride in the water. That's not what the dental uh, assistants say around here. What? The- well, uh, she is. Uh, she's yes. not kooky. She's in the medical industry. Uh, she's a medical professional. But um, anyway, she um, she's in a she's in a feud right now, I guess, with another politician in Ware, New Hampshire, where she lives, mm. and uh, it's the school district moderator, and he is upset at her because when she emails him, or she emails pretty much anybody, uh, she's been she's been signing her email, Rep. Cushman. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? Uh, yeah. So there's this saying, you know, by their grievances shall ye know them, right? Like, oh, please don't call yourself. If you call yourself Rap Cushman, I'll, I'll light on fire. Don't do it again. Well, what's so, the objection? I don't know. I don't know why he's objecting to that. But I do know that she wants him. One of the things that she's, she's been questioning him about, she's trying to, he, he, he's quest, she's questioning his authority, his authority uh, to delay either the school district deliberative session or the broadcasting of the del- deliberative session. And he's upset that she's questioning him on that, apparently. Okay. It seems really minor. Yes, it really does. But that's the thing. You don't really have to do something major to set the government off, right? And then once you set them off, well, now you've created a buzz and interest, you know, uh, but now the public can get interested in what you're doing and what you stand for. Well, it's not the government. It's just a bunch of uh, power-hungry petty tyrants. 
Dave, uh, I don't know if you had more. If you do, you can hang on. Uh, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. And, uh, you know, there's definitely a lot that those state reps are doing and that are a lot more important in the state house. There's more coming up. Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your nation, state, or community no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where people agree that liberty is important and are free to pursue their projects so long as they respect the property of others? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. Their social media links are at the upper right of the page at FreePrivateCities.com. All skill levels will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities opens. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build. FreePrivateCities.com Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the second hour of the program here tonight. You can join us on our number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And also we have our chat server, the Matrix chat server, which is a decentralized, polycentric, open source, self-hosted server, meaning that big tech can't take it down. And you get to actually kind of control your experience for once. You can create your own chat room there if you want to. I mean, we've already got a bunch of chat rooms there that you can join. But if there's some sort of topic that uh, is not being discussed and you want to have your own room for it, then you can do that. You can create it even uh, privately if you want to, and then we won't even know it's there. Over on chat.freetalklive.com, that's where you get the step-by-step instructions on how to join that server. That's chat.freetalklive.com. Tonight, you've got Ian, Bonnie, and Mark. We go back to your phone calls and thoughts, and then we'll tell you a little bit more about Chris Cantwell's sentencing hearing today, where he was sentenced to 41 months in federal prison for basically having a fight with another Nazi on the internet. Uh, But first, we have Dave still with us here, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. Go ahead. Yes. So I was telling you about this free stater state rep who's uh, in a you know in a in a conflict with uh, the Ware school district moderator in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And I have an answer to your question. Uh, so he he I guess what well, she's saying that he is claiming that she she's committing an ethical or conflict of interest wrongdoing uh, by referring to herself as Rep Cushman. She's a representative, and she says that uh, quote he has. Uh, he, he also had dropped hints that he is pursuing some kind of formal or legal action against me for doing so, unquote. Can someone explain to me how there's a problem with a state representative calling themselves representative, representative or rep? Well, there isn't. And the thing is that, that entrenched politicians hate free staters more than almost anything else. Maybe they hate conservatives a little bit more sometimes, but, uh, you know, we're like abolitionists. You know, the slaveholders are seeing us under every bed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty ridiculous uh, what this person is doing, if that is indeed what this person, you know, is doing. Obviously, we're taking it from what she's saying. Um, there's probably a, another side to the story. So, I don't know. It all seems very, very petty, but that's the sort of thing that you expect to see from people in, in politics. Right. Is that all you had for us tonight, Dave? Nope. Now that, I mean, yep, that's it. They're doing our, they're doing our, uh, you know, they're publicizing us for us. Any thoughts on the sentencing of Christopher Cantwell, forty-one months in uh, federal prison? I, I've read the, I've read the quote of what he said, and it does not sound like uh, he said anything illegal. It was just offensive. You mean uh, where he told the the other Nazi, the other despicable racist, that he intended to have sex with his wife 
uh, in front of their children. Correct. Yeah. Yep. That's despicable. All right. No doubt about it. Uh, and the other thing mm-hmm. to keep in mind, even if even if he's evil, uh, and even if he did do something illegal, uh, taxpayers should not be forced to to pay to, to 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 feed him and lock him up and put him in a concrete box and all that stuff. If there's such a problem with him, then let the market solve it. Thank you, Dave, for your call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. And there was some market pushback against Christopher Cantwell. He was cut off from pretty much all dating sites. He was cut off from uh, the uh, Barry How'd that happen? That's hilarious. They He was on dating sites, and they took his profile away. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he's not hard to find. Who, right? who wants to go out on a date with the crying Nazi, right? <laughs> You'd be surprised. Uh, he was still able to was still able to find people willing to do that. Uh, but Patreon needed to put out a date, dating site too. They're just they, on the spectrum. They went out of business. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was just a joke. No, Patreon was a real no. site for a time, and it didn't work out for him. Uh, but yeah, they canceled his bank accounts. They canceled various different, you know, sort of money related things paypal or whatever he lost a lot of that stuff so there was definitely some market uh yeah there was a lot of pushback yeah to uh to chris cantwell of course he blamed it all on the jews you know but (laughs) it's the jews you know a racist would do so hillary Sargent was uh reporting for the informant at informant.news now she's probably the number one person to cover chris cantwell's trial she's got a detailed day by day she sat in that courtroom uh, every single day of his trial and wrote out a very detailed, you know, what happened, what transpired. So if you've been interested in following the case and you haven't seen what she wrote about it, she obviously has a, a skew. You know, she is a, a lefty. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but she was obsessed with him because he was obsessed with her at one point. And so she followed his case very, very closely. And so she was there today for this morning's sentencing hearing. Here's the uh, the story that she filed. This is initial writing that she put in. She says she's going to do a longer piece later. But here it is. Christopher Cantwell, the New Hampshire neo-Nazi podcaster, found guilty of extortion and threats directed at another neo-Nazi, was sentenced today by a federal judge to serve 41 months in federal prison. The crying Nazi, as he had been dubbed previously, because of um, he was crying because somebody pepper sprayed him. I think it was no, at, uh, no, no. He was in. Um, he did a video where the the cops were after. Oh, that's him, right. And he broke and he down. Was, yeah, he was having a breakdown. I don't know that's whether right. it was drugs or what it was, but he was acting strange. He cried during the hearing today before District Judge Paul Barbadoro issued the sentence at the in-person hearing this morning in Concord, New Hampshire. Quote, the nature of your behavior is so egregious, so egregiously, or sorry, so serious, so egregiously wrong that a significant sentence is required, said Barbadoro. Cantwell delivered a rambling and emotional statement, which he began by offering a Mike Tyson quote, quote, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face, unquote. She says in parentheses, the point he was trying to make was unclear. It sounds like he got punched in the face and his plan doesn't uh, it sucked. Cantwell his plan sucked. discussed the fact that the charges stemmed from a feud that he had with rival neo-Nazis, a group he had attempted to report to law enforcement. He compared the rival Nazis. Maybe the plan was to uh, you know turn in these rival Nazis. Uh, well, yeah, he wanted to do anything he could to get these rival Nazis in yeah. trouble, which yeah. is why he's in the trouble that he's in, because he talked to the police about them. And further, because he even cared about what they you know, thought. Cantwell compared the rival Nazis to Black Bloc, mentioned Satanists, 
and complained about having been subjected to a, quote, constant stream of nonstop harassment, unquote, from the group. Which is what set him off. I mean, that's so they would like call his his uh, talk show that he would do and, you know, say nasty things and, you know. Oh, dear. Yeah. It's almost as if, like, it's, it's like when his listeners would do that to me here on the air. Mm-hmm. Huh, and I didn't do anything about it because it was right. dumb. Who cares? You just, you just move on. Wasn't yeah. he like broadcasting every all the time about how he hates people? So why wouldn't he expect to get harassment back? Yeah. Well, I don't know what he expected, but... You know, when you are a, a you know, when you're a visible personality, people pay attention to you, and some of them do not give you positive attention. Um, you know, world's full of hateful people, man. Right, you've already seen some of the you know comments that haven't been the kindest in in our chat room, uh, Bonnie. And so, you know, when you are as nasty of a personality as Chris Cantwell, like you are super sweet and nice, but Cantwell is not a very nice person at all. So of course, he attracts the worst of the worst uh, to him. Yeah, I was going to say they're nice to me. Mostly. Um, they did say that uh, we're your two dads, though. Yeah. <laughs> and you're our teenage daughter. <laughs> Which you're not teenage. No. Nope. Um, yeah. But, you know, so again, to just let himself be, uh, just to spend so much time on these people was a, was a huge mistake. Anyway, he was overcome if with emotion. If you chat with those people, you just go to matrix.freetalklive.com and it's all the instructions are there. I think that URL would work, Mark, but I would recommend chat.freetalklive.com. I'm not okay. sure where matrix.freetalklive.com takes you to. I'll, ch- I'll check that later. Uh, he was overcome with emotion after describing law enforcement, ignoring his pleas for help. He <laughs> cried again while describing how he could not identify which members of the rival group were targeting him. The sentence fell short of the 51 months prosecutors had requested sentencing guidelines which factor in a defendant's criminal history as well as other mitigating aggravating... Complaining about the same thing that got you in trouble probably isn't the right thing to do at your sentencing hearing you know mm. like yeah well they're, they're harassing me these are harassing type people i don't like the way they harass me you know like he's trying to justify what he did. i understand the justification but it's like they've decided to find you guilty of yeah. reacting to harassment that's right so you probably shouldn't i don't know react anymore to harassment and show them hey you know like this is probably before he was sentenced Maybe he That's could have right. got a lower sentence if he hadn't reacted to harassment at his reaction to harassment trial. 603-283-6160 is the number here. That's 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh in on this or take control of the airwaves, you can do that as well. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can call into the show, even though it's not a toll-free number anymore. We've got uh, Dave, Hudson Valley Dave, in the Twitch chat room is flipping out right now because we don't have an 855 number anymore. I guess that matters or something like that. I don't get it. He's probably getting charged on his Obama phone. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, the phone number's there on the screen. All you got to do is call in 603-283-6160, or you can join our chat server at chat.freetalklive.com. You can uh, follow the instructions there. There's instructions on how to join the Matrix server, and then there's also instructions on how to call in. 
Although I will say this, we've been having trouble with people on Android being able to call in through that system, so apologies for that. We did ask the question to ourselves, is anybody going to complain about this if we get rid of the toll-free number? Dave in New York. So now we know that um, you know this poor gentleman with his uh, Asperger's and all that stuff, he's going to complain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and uh, dismiss this particular complaint. If you have complaints about it, I would like them uh, emailed. Uh, so, you know, go ahead and do that. If you don't know my email, I don't care about your complaint. So there you go. There you go. If you can't figure it out, you don't care enough. 603-283-6160. It's super easy to call in that number. Almost no one pays long distance anymore. I can tell you this about my email, though. My name is Mark, and the show is Free Talk Live, and you can hear it at freetalklive.com. There you go. All right, uh, so we were telling you the remainder of the story, brief piece written by Hillary Sargent at informant.news about Chris Cantwell's sentence of 41 months in federal prison for basically having an online spat with another very nasty person or group of people calling themselves the Bull Patrol. Arguably an even more despicable group. Because, And, and I'll make my case on that, because I understand Chris Cantwell is scraping the bottom of the barrel as far as despicableness is concerned (laughs) but i'll make my case because not even christopher cantwell would go so far as to call for murdering people in a church right like he wasn't calling as nasty as he was on his show and and you know in the articles that he wrote i never saw him call for people going out and just committing wholesale murder of of other people oh yeah don't they like dylan roof that's who the Bull Patrol was. Yeah, Dil- Dylan Roof was a murderer. He murdered a group of people in a black church in South Carolina some several years ago in the, the last decade. And that's how the Bull Patrol found its name because he had a bull haircut, uh, the murderer, Dylan Roof, did. And so they made him their idol. And, you know, they're like these incel types, right? They really love when people go around killing other people because they, I don't know, they're sick. And that's so they're, they're even lower, in my opinion, you know, of, of Nazis than uh, than Chris Cantwell. So but that said, you know, let them fight. Let them have their little online spats, because every minute Nazis spend fighting each other is one minute less or one minute fewer that they can be spending on doing anything else. Organizing or whatever, showing up somewhere or, you know, harassing actual people. They're not doing that if they're fighting each other. So the FBI actually freed up these guys' time to go and do other things and harass other people. Right. He also uh, they also fortified them. Mm-hmm. So in so much as now they, well, you know, if somebody doesn't toe the line here in our group, we can get them thrown in jail. Yeah. The cops love us. So uh, the sentence did fall short of the 51 months that prosecutors had requested. Sentencing guidelines, which factor in uh, criminal history and other circumstances, called for Cantwell to be sentenced to a term of 41 to 51 months. He was sentenced to 41. His federally appointed defense attorneys had asked the court to sentence him to only time served, which was 13 months at that point, uh, saying that the 13 months he spent in jail since his arrest were punishment enough. Cantwell's sentence also includes... I concur with that. Um, uh, you know, having heard what I've heard all the way through, I'm not going to say the guy should have got nothing because I think calling the uh, calling Child Protective Services on somebody, no matter how despicable they are, um, you know, is is really pretty awful. 
I mean, you have to at this point, there was no accusation that this guy was doing anything bad to his kids and Cantwell choosing to call CPS on them, I think, was Mm -hmm. a bad thing and and should be punishable. And he should not uh, do, uh, you know, shouldn't just walk away from it. However, what I would say is, is that, um, you know, they over sentence people all the time. What's the functional difference between 12 months in jail and 24 more? I mean, I get what you're saying about the calling of CPS, Mark, but think about it from this perspective. Okay. How many people call CPS on people all the time and oh, have yeah. no repercussions whatsoever for it? They don't like their neighbor, so they call CPS on them. CPS shows up. You know, they may not have been doing anything to their kids. They just didn't like their neighbor, and there's no penalty for calling CPS in most of these cases, right? They don't come back and arrest the person who called CPS if CPS shows up and finds that there was no violation. It's just a tipster. I'm not going to say that using the violence of the state, because it's the state, is an acceptable form of violence. It's not acceptable. It's unacceptable. And what he did was initiate violence against somebody for unjust cause no doubt i mean i will agree with you that lots of people do it and that doesn't make it acceptable no i'm not saying i call for the incarceration of all of those people for not a very long time Mm. but long enough to learn you don't call cps on somebody for not abusing their kids and the term of abuse really ought to be physical not some hairy airy fairy idea of what you think Mm -hmm. abuse is because I bet there are people out there who would agree that being a Nazi is probably not good, you know, if you're a dad or whatever to, to you know, your, your kids. I mean, there was that probably- story from uh, about a decade ago where they named it what some Nazis named their guy, their kid Adolf Hitler. Yeah, that's and good. well, that'll be interesting in school. I mean, I see your point, Mark, that that people should have some sort of consequence for just calling CPS on a neighbor or whatever. I don't know if I agree that people should be going to jail for that because, again, as we know— I don't think that—I will also—I will uh, bolster your point. I'll steal man your argument. Uh, Likely, not a single one of the people that will in the future call CPS on people for, you know, uh, phantom crimes Mm -hmm. will in any way be dissuaded by the crying Nazi being put in jail for it. They won't even know the detail. Most people aren't—most people don't know what has transpired in this case. They have not read any of the details. I mean, like I said, yeah. Hillary Sargent at informant.news, she has done a very detailed write-up of this case. So if you want to see the details and the nasty, nasty details of these people and how their little spat was going and what all <laughs> happened, it's there. It's gross. And it's awful. Um, but most people don't know. Anyway, his sentence also, and this is what I was also looking for. Cause right. Most, most people are just saying, oh, crying Nazi bad. Yep. Good. Put him away. Uh, lock up crying Nazi. Yep, you know, there's, there's no thought at all. That's right. That's where this is. Yeah. So uh, the other detail that I wanted to find, and she did include this detail, is his sentence also includes two years of supervised release. So he's got 41 month sentence. He's already spent 13 of them. Given the federal good time law or rules or whatever, he's probably, presuming he's a good boy in, in jail, uh, he's probably going to get out in two years. And then he'll have two years of supervised release after that. Oh, extra? Yeah, get away yeah. from which means he's going back. Is Miss. is supervised release the same as probation? Yeah. Okay. 603-283-6160. That is the story there. If you want to comment on Cantwell or whatever is on your mind, you can take control of the airwaves. And this is Free Talk Live. Coming up, depression. 
Carl Watner, longtime proponent of a voluntary society, died last December. You may have seen his articles published on his website, voluntarius.com, in his newsletter, The Voluntarist, The Mises Institute, or elsewhere over the last 40 years. His newest book, I Must Speak Out, Volume 2, The Best of the Voluntarist, is now available via Liberty Under Attack Publications. This 430-page second volume spans the years of 2000 through 2020 and includes articles by Carl Watner, Hans Hermann Hoppe, Carl Hess, Benjamin Tucker, George H. Smith, Lysander Spooner, Pete Ayer, Joyce Brand, and many others. I Must Speak Out is for the newly initiated, the veteran voluntarist, or anywhere in between. Buy the book now at libertyunderattack.com slash voluntarist. For more great content on building a voluntary society and for Carl's extensive archives, check out voluntarist.com. This is Free Talk Live, and the phone numbers are 603-283-6160. Should you wish to join us, that's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian, Bonnie, and Mark. Coming up, young people, they're having a tough time out there with uh, feeling disconnected, feeling lonely. Does it have to do with COVID crackdowns, perhaps? People staying home Seems likely. because of that? We can look into that further. Plus, uh, Mark, you had a story as well. Something about like a top 10 list regarding some sort of restrictions. What was it? Top uh, five. Top five in uh, the new COVID bill. That's what yeah. it was. The, the bailout. It's the, it's the bailout and all the stuff that, you know, and some of the, the major stuff that doesn't have to do with it at all. So we'll get into that uh, when we get the chance. But of course, your calls and your thoughts come first. Also, I do want to say thank you to Dan Krafsig, who is a Free Talk Live gold amplifier. He is contributing 10 bucks a month to the AMP program to help us advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live to help us get on more radio stations around the country and bring new listeners to the ideas of freedom. If you like what we do here, and it's worth five bucks a month to you. Now, Dan's doing ten, uh, but uh, five is, is all. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Uh, is all we ask. If you want to do more, we certainly appreciate it. And you get access to some cool perks and some benefits. So go to amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to your calls and thoughts. Dave is on the line in New York. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. How you doing? Uh, do you guys remember when Kamala was at the uh, Unite the Right rally or whatever, the, the, torch, the torch rally? Can I just say what he said on, on, on air? Am I allowed to say it? Uh, if it's a cuss word, no. No, it's, it's not a cuss word, but can, can I just like, oh, say Oh, that what, uh, what Jews will not replace us thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty Jews awful. Jews will not replace us. <laughs> What, why, what, well, what? Wait a second, Dave. Do you think the Jews are trying to replace you in your uh, welfare housing? <laughs> I just wanted to come up and say that. I've always, I've always wanted to say that. Jews why? Why do you always want to say that? <laughs> well, what do you think they're going to replace you to do? Well, I want to know why. Why? Why is that something you want to say? No, I, I, I have something completely different. I have something completely different. That I want to. I want to discuss about. All right, let's get into it. I was fired from work on January 15th. Did a Jew take your job? Did a Jew take your job? No, 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 no. Jews did not take my job. No, I was was let go from work on January 15th all because of a selfie issue. A selfie issue? Yes. Okay, hold on. Before you go on, Dave, for years you called this show 
and complained about not being able to get a job. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear you actually had one. Where were you working and for how long were you working there? Uh, Instacart. Um, it's a grocery delivery kind of thing. I'm sure you've heard all about it. I was there from like maybe early, maybe late 2018, all of 2019, all really? of 2020. Because I remember when you first started working at Instacart, which isn't a real, it's not like an actual job. It's a gig, right? It's a gig. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's you know, it's one of those rideshare kind of gig economy. But it was paying things. him money. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right. And so you'd called and you'd complained about being, you know, on this job that uh, that you had with Instacart. And that was, I, I guess, early on in that. So they fired you over what? What happened? Taking a selfie? Over a selfie issue. I was supposed to take a selfie issue of myself, you know, with your phone. You take a selfie issue of your phone like this to prove who you are or whatever. So I used my driver's license because, you know, how your picture stays the same on your driver's license for the next 10, 20 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I took a picture of my driver's license and sent that in. And then later on the day, my town was let go. And I, and Hold I, on. I, I, Why were they home. having you take a selfie in the first place? Because they want to know exactly who is on who is using the app. Okay, so you you were embarrassed to take a picture of your own face. No, I, I've always been doing that. So I figured, hey, why not? Why not? I'll, I'll just use my driver's license. But anyone and, could have used you know, your driver's license, so it wouldn't have proved that it was you. Right. That's why you got canned. Was because you were trying to get around the system. You know, it's not that well, he didn't follow I instructions. Trying, I, was, I, I wasn't trying to get around the system. I just figured maybe I'll, I'll, I'll use this instead. But no, they want to hear whatever. I've been trying to get hold of. I've been trying to get hold of trust and safety at Instacart. Were you worried because you had like, did you have a pimple that day or something like that? Like, what was it that you didn't just want to take a quick selfie of your face? You instead took the time to get your driver's license out, then took a shot of that. And that made you look suspicious because somebody who had like gotten a hold of your account and yet had a picture of your driver's license. Right, they could have had you tied up in the basement, man. <laughs> no, I, I just wanted to, I, you know, just like your picture on your driver's license stays the same for the next 20 years or whatever. So I said, I'd, I'd use that. We whatever. know what you said, Dave. Dave, have there been complaints about your deliveries and Instacart? <laughs> no. No, no, so no, no. And I know you think that you've been fired? You know it's Mark at freetalklive.com. Huh? Okay, thanks. Oh, um, <laughs> he figured it out. <laughs> I know he's emailed me before. Okay, rambling weird stuff. So he, anyway. how's your dating life, Dave? Let's let's change topics. I don't have one. Oh man, are you still at the battered women's shelter? No, I am not. I moved out of there in 2016. Okay, where are you staying now? Um, I'm in the kitchen, but you know I am no longer at the at the uh, BWS. All right, are you paying your own rent? Yes, I am. Okay. That's awesome. Good for you, man. Good that for is you. Awesome. I am glad to hear that. Well, um, I presume you're going to be hitting up Uber Eats and a variety of these other places so you can get back uh, in the gig economy and start making some money, right? I have tried Uber Eats and DoorDash, whatever, and like I, I, I don't know. It's just not, you know, they, they won't like you know, something with the email or reality. I, I don't know what the hell is going on with that. But like you know, all I want is my job back at Instacart. Uh, I don't know why you're telling me because I don't work for Instacart. <laughs> um, I can't get your job back. If I w- if I could, uh, as all I do is have them contact you and say, hey, why'd you uh, send this picture? It does seem a little harsh by the way you're talking about it, but. Trust you know. and safety, trust underscore safety at Instacart.com. I don't think that's going to help our listeners at all. Thank you, Dave, for the call tonight. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. Uh, I'll say this. I, I did work for, you know, I was a driver for Uber for a short period of time. And until they put me on what was called a wait list, 
And they never explained to me why they did this. Now, I know why. I'm pretty sure I know why they did this, because there's a group of haters here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire. There were. There aren't now. Well, I mean, there's, they still, some of them still exist, but they're no longer in they don't any bother sort you. of... They're no longer organized in any meaningful fashion. But at the time, they were quite busy and quite obsessed, and that one of the haters posted that they had sent a complaint into Uber, and I suspect others followed suit. Even though they'd never ridden with me on Uber, they complained because I was driving. No, for you were Uber. a five star or whatever. I that was is. a five star, perfect, one hundred percent five star rating driver. I'd only driven it, you know, for some number of days, not very many. And, and right, you it was really only... see, you were doing it to talk about the gig economy and what it was like to do it. I mean, yeah. you actually had to go to Manchester, and you did it on right. some nights that we'd go for events and that sort of thing. Instead of yeah, appearing at the event, you do driving Uber. I, I did it on some holiday nights, so I went out there on like New Year's and a couple other days like that, and it was fun. I, I enjoyed doing that work. Um, and then they uh, froze my account and wouldn't let me drive at that point. I contacted their department or whatever, the equivalent of what he was talking about there. HR department. Yeah, and they did respond, uh, but basically they said, well, you know, if we need something from you, we'll ask. And I said, well, would you like to talk to me about whatever it is that has been alleged? You know, because maybe you'd want to ask the person involved, whatever it was. And of course, uh, the answer I is could, no. Maybe I could tell you about it. This is—it's like a running theme in the show because it's about cover your butt, Ian. Like the question is—is is if you can have somebody who whom random people on the internet take enough time to accuse of mm-hmm. bullcrap, or somebody who random people on the internet do not take time to uh, to accuse of bullcrap, yeah. take the person like the obvious insane thing to do is to take the person who has not been accused of bullcrap. Yeah. They lost nothing in losing no, a five-star didn't. driver. They didn't, I guess. Yeah, there's plenty of people who are willing to drive for him. So, but they spent nine whole months with me on this waitlist status before they finally deactivated uh, my driving account. Sure, but I, I mean, all they were doing is, hey, put it, put him on the waitlist until you remember to take him off and put him on. Uh, you yeah. know, like they didn't spend yeah. any spend any time doing anything. I'm just saying the the reason I brought that up is because they're not gonna they're not gonna get back to you. They don't care. They are you know big, uh, big mega corporation, big tech yep. corporation, don't care. and they don't care. It doesn't matter what it was that these people lied uh, lied about to them about me. Didn't matter what my five star rating was. Didn't matter. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can take control of the airwaves here. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. On the way, loneliness hitting young adults, supposedly especially hard. We'll tell you how hard coming up. It's free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. On the way here, we can talk about loneliness, depression among young people. There's a story uh, in the Wall Street Journal about that. You can also bring up whatever's on your mind in the studio with you. It's Ian. Bonnie. And Mark. We go back to your phone calls and thoughts. Of course, you can bring up anything that you want. And again, the number is 603-283-6160. Hey, I do want to remind you we have a social media website. We launched this, I don't know, maybe about a month ago at this point. It was sort of right in the midst of that whole big tech takedown, targeting people recently thing. I mean, that's been going on for years, but it really got hot within the last several weeks a lot of uh, noteworthy names being targeted and taken down from sites like facebook and twitter 
And, you know, we believe in just building the alternatives here on Free Talk Live rather than complaining and appealing to, you know, the Facebook gods or whatever and trying to get your account back. Just create your own account somewhere else where you're not going to be under their thumb. And so we've given you one of those opportunities. We're running our own Mastodon server, and Mastodon is an open source alternative platform. Now, it actually does more like what Twitter does than what Facebook does. Yeah, it's a lot more like that. But we have you have very long posts, though. We have, That's uh, right. Whereas Twitter might be... I 280 characters on I Twitter. think it's d- double that now. No, it was 140, and they doubled it to okay, 280. Okay, to, to 280. Ours yeah. is 1776. <laughs> That's right. Now, actually, that for whatever reason, that character limit doesn't seem to apply on some of the apps because I think the apps have their own limit for whatever reason. But if you're on the actual website, then yeah, it is 1776. Okay. Uh, but check it out at social.freetalklive.com. And the, one of the coolest things about this is, first of all, it does exactly what Twitter does. You want to have followers. You want to follow people. You want to see everything they say. There's no crazy algorithm filtering out things from you. If you follow a person, yep. you're going to see everything they post. If they follow you, right. they're going to see everything you post. Remember that friend, that friend on uh, Facebook that you haven't heard from in uh, years? Mm-hmm. You haven't seen their posts and, and whatever? That's because Facebook's decided you shouldn't see that person or that group. That's right. So that doesn't happen with social.freetalklive.com. And I love the fact that there's multiple apps from which you can choose. Don't like this app? Try the other one. Try the other five. There are a bunch of different choices out there because it's open source. Open source. So anyone who's a programmer and who wants to and who feels like there's a deficiency in the apps that are available, they can roll their own. It's pretty sweet. Uh, so And it's free. So sign up over at social.freetalklive.com. We go back to the phones, to the fun. Andy in Pennsylvania, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Bonnie, and Mark. Uh, hey, uh, Ian and Bonnie and Mark. I just want to talk about uh, Cantwell's uh, sentencing. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I don't agree with everything he's said and done over the years, and I don't like his use of... Uh, you know, racial and ethnic slurs. Mm-hmm. But you know something? He's been railroaded twice. And uh, I yes. think these charges are completely bogus. And this should really disturb everybody. Because if the government can come after somebody and lock somebody up for saying nasty things or things that some people don't like, that means they can go after anybody, including, you know, including us. Yeah, I think you're right about that, and that is an important takeaway from what has happened here. First, in this case, they came for the Nazis. Uh, To paraphrase uh, the original poem by uh, Pastor Martin Niemöller, uh, in the uh, the 1940s, he was a pastor in Nazi Germany, and uh, first he you know first he wrote that they came for the trade unionists and they came for the communists, and eventually they came for him. Uh, but uh, in this case, it's first they came for the Nazis, and the reason why they go after people like Chris Canwell is because he's not a sympathetic character. No, most people look at him and they are disgusted. By the things that he says. Well, they get kudos, too. I mean, hey, you locked up the crying Nazi. Good job. We really hated that guy. And there's a lot of people right now that are on, you know, Twitter that are touting this, right? Like, oh, rah, rah, rah. They they locked up the the crying Nazi. Right. They could care less about, uh, you know, jurisprudence and, you know, these sorts of, uh, you know, things. They don't give a they don't care about that at all. It just makes them think that the people who put people in jail are even more righteous since they hate them. Chris. Oh, right. Well, the cops are bad, except when they go after Chris Cantwell. Right. Right. All cops are bad. Except- I, don't, I don't think that many people actually think cops are bad. It was just but, a little phase, and I was so excited, like, oh, people actually think cops are bad. And then yeah. it's completely disappeared. Oh, now oh, that it's Joe relatively Biden. common for leftists to, to, to claim to dislike cops. But not now. And, and I would like to make the point not that Biden's to the cops in charge. right now. 
that, hey, these people will turn on you, just like they had turned on you before. They don't like you. They want you to do what they can't. Well, they do like them when they do what they want, which that's is... That's right. Yeah. Everybody you know, everybody yeah. will pat a dog that does what they want <laughs> on the head, but that doesn't mean they actually like the dog or dogs. Uh, go ahead, Andy. Anything else you want to share? Yeah, I just want to comment on a few things about the case. Yeah, sure. Um, first of all, he never said he was going to rape the guy's wife. He never did. did. Not nope. use the word rape. He did not. That's his, yeah, he did not say that. Okay, second of all... Um, there was a long period of time that went by after he said this. Um, he had, I think it was something like seven or eight months or nine months later. Yes. Right. Um, so presumably if he was going to do it, he would have done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, those guys were attacking his website and they were falsely posting things under his name that he didn't say as if he said them. And then they were also bombarding his show with uh with prank phone calls and you know Cantwell did not have a call screener and so they were really messing up his show and he was retaliating against them now as far as their whole name i mean you know i i I don't know if these guys are just you know really messed up people or if they were you know uh working with for the feds if they were you know provocateurs or something but uh, i mean personally i thought the charleston search shooting was a false flag but you know, if it was real and, and everything, uh, worshiping Dylan Roof is, is a really sick thing to do. Yeah, These are is. really sick, depraved individuals, anybody that would honor a church shooter. And, you know, as far as Cantwell calling CPS on it, I, I'm, you know, I don't like when, when people call the cops on people for no reason at all. But, you know, something it happens all the time. I've had the cops called on me for completely frivolous stuff that mm-hmm. was totally false. You know something? The people who do it don't go to jail. And, no. you know, I would question what kind of parent a person is who is a member of a group that idolizes uh, uh, Dylan Roof, uh, an alleged church shooter. I don't think you that know? the government should be able to take people's um, kids away just because they have different ideas. No doubt. Well, but I, I don't either. But he I, makes I a good either. point, right? Like if this guy, if the, if the kid's dad in this case, if his hobby is to go online and be a racist and be an absolutely horrible human being. I mean, what I feel bad of, for those kids. Yeah, you know, it's probably not it, a good place to live. Even, it wasn't even just that the guy, you know, was a racist. There's lots of people that are racist right. who still wouldn't go as far as um, uh, idolizing a church shooter. Right, like yeah. that crosses the line even for a lot of racists. Yep. So, um, and you know, Cantwell never would have done that if these guys weren't harassing him. Yeah. He was only he was only responding to their harassment. And that's ultimately what he argued in court. Unfortunately, it didn't convince uh, the jury and it didn't convince the judge during sentencing. And unfortunately, you know, the best the best path for him would have been to ignore them as much as he could block their phone numbers from calling his show, uh, do what he could do or just deal with the calls as they come in. I mean, because, look, the reality is feeding into these people is what they want. They want to get that kind of reaction. They want to get his time. They want to get your time. They yeah, want to get is, your attention. Yeah, this is absolutely true. We had a uh, guy who would call in here on the air and make threats, and he made more threats to you than he ever did to me mm-hmm. and my family. However, I reacted to the threats, mm. and you would, <laughs> you know, like laugh about it, right? <laughs> I don't right? care. Yeah, whatever. Like, and, Say what you want. And so this 
guy, uh, you know, reacted further and further yeah. towards me because he got the reaction. Now, he would he never did anything over the course of like seven years of doing this. Neither did the cops, by the way. Right. Called these same people, this uh, Filistano guy or whatever the heck his name was at the FBI, um, you know, supposed to be on this case. They don't care about that They're either. They're too busy worrying about Nazis fighting online. Right. Well, right. well that just shows that it was, uh, it was politically motivated because yes. if they were, they don't go, there's lots of people that say lots of awful things. I've had people, you know, make threats to me online and uh obviously the guy that was calling your show and and doing that did he ever go to jail no nope and he made more um substantial threats to mark about his family than chris did about the guy's wife oh yeah like these were quoted uh screen capped and shown time stamped in the whole deal right voicemails too right uh voicemails the whole thing i mean i had everything i'm gonna i'm gonna hurt your child I'm going to hurt your mother. Like, you know, this whole thing. And, you know, as clear as day, I thought the one where I have just bought a gun and I'm going to shoot Mark Edge in the back of the head seemed like motive, uh, you know, opportunity, time, uh, the whole shebang. But nope, nope, we don't care about that. Andy, thank you for the call tonight. I definitely appreciate uh, your perspective on these things and appreciate hearing from you. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We got a full hour of Free Talk Live on the way. That's enough time if you want to join us. You can take control of the airwaves. I know, uh, Mark, you wanted to talk about the new COVID bailout bill. They got another one in the works, and you got some of the five examples of waste from that. That's right. That right, coming up. Uh, plus loneliness. People are experiencing it in a big way. Are you? This is Free Talk Live. Look, I'm sorry, but you're in for a world of pain if you use Koinomi. The reason is their wallet doesn't support payments. The solution is simple. Let them hear your voice. Message Koinomi on Twitter, it takes five seconds, and tell them AnyPay sent you, because they're on the fence right now, and your voice will prove that people care about using Bitcoin for payments. Go tweet at Koinomi now. Or even better, leave a review in the App Store. They really pay attention there. Thanks. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, kicking off the third hour here. We have time for you if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio with you, it's Ian. Bonnie. And Mark. We are going to continue. Of course, we'll take your calls and thoughts about whatever you want. You can join us on those phone numbers at 603-283-6160 or call in through our chat server. You can go to chat.freetalklive.com to get the detailed instructions on how to join that server. Interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. They're there. Uh, A lot of them, like, around the clock. So check that out. Uh, We do also have people chatting in our Twitch and DLive chat rooms. If you want to check us out on video, you can do that. Go to twitch.freetalklive.com or dlive.freetalklive.com. Life and liberty last only as long as you can protect them. Force for concepts has solutions for every safety and security threat that free individuals and organizations may face. Classes, consultations, management, and more. Go check them out at forcevarconcepts.com. That's F-O-R-S-V-A-R concepts.com. Forcevarsconcept.com. All right. So people are having a tough time out there. Story from the Wall Street Journal says the coronavirus pandemic has caused another kind of pervasive affliction, Harvard researchers say, and that's loneliness. 
More than one-third of 950 Americans surveyed reported feeling lonely at least frequently in the previous four weeks, according to a newly released survey by researchers at Harvard's Graduate School of Education conducted in October. That's higher than the quarter of respondents who recalled feeling serious loneliness in the two months before the pandemic and the 28% of respondents that said they'd experienced increases in the frequency of their loneliness. Uh, Young adults and mothers felt especially isolated, according to the survey. Now, this, of course, shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Uh, It wasn't hard for us to predict a year ago when this stuff first uh, started going into effect. Suicides are going up. That you were going to see more suicides. You were going to see uh, more depression. You were going to see more drug addiction, more people with alcohol problems, especially those who had beaten those uh, addictions, falling off the wagon, going back to them. And we've seen all of those things. Uh, Is it harder to get heroin now than it was? I wouldn't know. I don't think it would be. Why would it be harder? I don't know. Uh, The drug dealers are still doing their business. I guarantee you that. Especially now that there's higher demand. They're not sheltering in place? There's likely higher demand for those things now than there has has been. That's just my guess. We haven't seen numbers. All the evidence would go towards that is is that hopeless people, this is a a poll about hopelessness. Hopeless people do drugs. That's right. That's That's what we do. Come on. Yeah, in fact, uh, Carl Hart was the doctor, one of the doctors who studied that, actually. And I had a story about him as well. I'll see if I can pull that up for you here. Uh, you remember the story um, the, with, from Great Britain of the doctor who went through like all drugs and sort of rated them as these drugs are the worst and these drugs are the least worst as far as societal damage and physical damage and a variety of things like that? No, but that was a good story. That was uh, Professor David Nutt, who was the Nutt, former drug Hart. He was the former drug czar, basically, in the UK, who's okay. now turned to the side of being against uh, the war on drugs. And he was the one perhaps who, he can just read. Created, he was the one who created that uh, study that you're talking about. Carl Hart is the one of the guys who did studies on adult drug use, and there's news about him. I'll get into that here in, in just a moment. But back to the story here from the Wall Street Journal. Social disruption has hit people in a myriad of ways. A college student living back at home may feel disconnected from their normal social life, while an overworked parent may feel detached from their usual support system. And even people managing to cultivate an active Zoom-led social life may still feel disconnected. That's How be- many people are doing that? That's ridiculous and sad. Having Zoom social lives? Yeah. Good well, question. I mean, my, my uh, Quaker meetings meeting over Zoom, and uh, I'm certainly doing more meetings than I have ever done before. Uh, online where I can meet people's faces as far as selling ads. Hold and, on. Quaker, yeah. Let's talk about the Quaker meeting thing here yeah. for a moment because I've been to some of these. It's been a while, but uh, early on when you started going to the Quaker meetings, I, I attended a, a few of them. And so the like way 10 years ago. It, the way it had been structured was people were sitting in a, a circle in chairs in a room. And the uh, there's different types of Quaker meetings, as I understand it. There's the type that are actually led, and there's a like a preacher, and then there's the type that you go to, which are what are they called? Unstructured, I Lib- think. Liberal, unprogrammed, unprogrammed is the terminology. And so there's conservative programmed. Mm-hmm. There's um, conservative unprogrammed, meaning that there is no preacher. There's the most in the world is programmed, meaning that there's a preacher. Wait, what is the liberal and conservative part? So a liberal versus conservative. A conservative uh, Quaker would be much more what they call Bible centric. Mm. So they would believe the you know the things that the Bible says, whereas liberals believe much more in the uh, the leading from the light within. 
So, um, you know, that if God was speaking to Abraham and Moses and whomever, then he's probably speaking to us, too. And that the words that God speaks to us individually are very likely much more important to you in your life than whatever he told some kook in the desert 3,000 years ago. So part of what happens at these Quaker meetups is they sit in chairs in a circle and they are quietly basically meditating. I don't know what they call it, but it's essentially a, a group meditation. We call it listening uh, uh, to God. Yeah. And again, another term for essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when somebody feels called to speak, which doesn't always happen from what I understand, uh, like so as they're doing that silent meditation they may feel as though they have something to say am i right about this mark where they will then just sort of speak that aloud to the group right so god moves them to mm-hmm. speak is the idea now obviously you have to have your little filter turned on because mm-hmm. it could very well be that somebody doesn't know whether they're being moved or not mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of quaker writing on whether you should be standing and speaking or not is it possible not to stand and speak mm-hmm. when god is moving you certainly we would uh, you know quakers would agree that that is so um so you know you don't want to stifle the still small voice within but at the same time, you don't want to just go on rambling about the stuff you just heard about on NPR while you're driving up here. That Does, happens. When you're doing this on Zoom, it's got to take something away, right? Like there's there's oh, something I, missing. I would contend that it's uh, it takes a great deal away. And you can't really – can you put that into words or is it just like the fact that you're not present with another human being in a in Sure, a split, I'd be happy to space. put it in words. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and uh, if I, – I am only speaking for myself. I am not speaking for anyone else in my Quaker meeting, mm-hmm. okay? Um, to me, not being present with human beings makes the meeting uh, – far less meaningful yeah. as a spirit as a spiritual uh, event yep. as a form of worship or we use the term worship to describe what goes on but i don't like hey god's so great i sure do think you're great god you're great no, great great like great that. great i don't do that um but you know that's the terminology we use to describe mm-hmm. sitting and wait, listening to god um my god doesn't need a bunch of praise um, right. or anything like that and uh, doesn't particularly uh, require it. So uh, I would say that it's, I, I find it very unfulfilling. And I was just speaking today to uh, the guy I would call the father of our meeting, which is a uh, terminology that would never be used in a Quaker meeting. Um, but I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's been just, around for a while. He's been around for a long mm-hmm. time. He, uh, you know, about how they're going to get their shots in uh, they finish up their shots in March, and then they got to wait 15 days or something. I don't remember how many, like maybe mm-hmm. four, 14 days, whatever it is. And then Quaker meeting uh, can be had again in April. Haven't they heard that they're expected to continue doing social distancing even after getting the vaccine? Well, Haven't they heard that the reason why is that uh, the vaccine is not 100% effective, so you don't know whether or not the vaccine has worked? I am not going to have that conversation with him, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> I'm going to be happy to be able to go to Quaker yeah. meeting come April. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, uh, Bonnie. The whole idea of having a social life over Zoom is really depressing. Yeah, in Mark's case, it's different because it's like a or a group that is not allowed to meet right now, and like maybe the heads of it are like just not willing to. But we were meeting on my porch for some time. It's not that we're not allowed to; it's that the they don't want to. The, the two, two, there's three people, uh, four people, four members who are quite elderly, mm-hmm. um, between elderly and quite elderly, and uh, they're just not going to take any chances. But I, I just can't imagine like you and your friends that live in the same city deciding like instead of hanging out tonight, let's just all take baths and FaceTime and only doing that. I can't imagine that. I would just think you guys are so lame. 
take, did you say take baths? Yeah, on FaceTime. <laughs> I don't know, whatever you're doing by no yourself. One's, no one's offered to uh, take baths with me on FaceTime, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it has never been extended. And no, I don't want an offer. 603-283-6160. You can join us here. This is Free Talk Live. Are you depressed? This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. Bonnie. And Mark. And you can join liberty-minded, voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians at ForkFest 2021. It's happening June 28th through July 4th at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be year number five for ForkFest. And I think the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which happens the week prior to ForkFest, I think they're in like year 18 or something like that. It's going to be a big, big celebration coming up uh, this summer of what freedoms that we have left. And if you want to have a chance at uh, greater freedoms, you ought to come out and check out what it's like to be around other liberty-minded people for a week or two, depending on how long you have. But you definitely want to come up to ForkFest June 28th through July 4th. And you can kind of do your own thing there because it's a decentralized camping festival, meaning that there is no one who is in charge of this festival. There are no organizers. There's no ticket price. You just show up and do the thing that you want to do. Maybe you want to, you know, put some sort of show on. Uh, Aria Demetso, our co-host, and Captain Kickass, they're going to be putting on a rock show. They did a rock radio, uh, rock rock and roll show at the last uh, Fork Fest. They're going to do another one, and it's going to be even better at this coming one. So they claim there's. Yep. Going to be uh, the AnyPay boys from AnyPayInc.com. They have a killer dome, uh, basically a party dome, that they're going to have there for two weeks. And they're going to even rent it out with uh, so you can rent the dome for 100 bucks an hour. And that includes lighting. That includes audiovisual, cameraman kind of thing. Like They've got it set up. So you just show up with your content and you do your thing there. And you don't have to worry about the technicals, which is a nice thing to be able to do. It's kind of a dance hall uh, chill place it is but you'll be able to you know give presentations there or do whatever it is you you want to do with it you can rent the dome so that's a new thing they didn't they've never done that before and they've taken the dome to a level at which they feel like they can now uh you know allow other people to use it which is pretty cool there's uh usually a few party tents around as well and whatever else people come up with you want a poker game put one on uh, so and that happened like almost every night at Forkfest last year. That is true. So check it out at Forkfest.party. You can uh, join us there. We will be broadcasting from the event. That's Forkfest.party. We go to your calls and thoughts, Dave in New Mexico, and we're talking about people who are lonely more so now than ever after all the various different pandemic crackdowns by government stay-at-home orders and fear-mongering. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live, calling from New Mexico. No, not me. I got sheep. Huh? He's got sheep. He's not lonely. I got sheep. Oh, good. I got you. What were you calling about yeah. tonight? Oh, the the so so the uh, any any gay boys want me to show up with my content, huh? Uh, the any gay boys. Oh, I'd never heard it called that before. That's that's very creative. So is is Mark? Are you going? I will be going. Uh, it's going to be a blast. So so when Mark's in the dome, it'll be the condom. Ooh, <laughs> zing. that's funny. <laughs> 
stings just a little. Condom. <laughs> He's referencing the fact that Mark went to prison. I'd, I'd prefer to call it the ex-condom. There you go. Oh, no, I wasn't so... Yeah, well, yeah, there, there's some innuendo in there, too, with, you know, at the, at the Any Gay Boys there is. film, yeah. yeah. So, um, freedom. Well, that's kind of freedom, isn't it? There you go. Um, different kind of freedom, or maybe it's related, I don't know. I, I asked you a couple nights ago, I'm still puzzled, uh, and you gave me the general answer to my question, the answer being freedom, and then we briefly got into uh, economics uh, regarding Free State Project and uh, what are your criteria as to what you specifically you are looking for when you evaluate uh, whether New Hampshire or Wyoming or the South Pacific or Honduras or whatever. Um, so I'd like to go further down that line as to Is that me uh, or Ian? criteria. Is that me or Ian? Who, who are we asking here? All of all of Yuns. Okay. To speak West to speak West Virginian for a minute. All of Yuns. Yeah. Um. So what I try to do is uh, first off, I, um, you know, any given project, I'm going to be looking for specifically economic freedoms over social freedoms. I believe that you can find most of the social freedoms you want in the world. If 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 whatever that social freedom is is important to you, there is a place where you can do it, and probably many others. Um, so social freedoms are not the highest uh, priority for me. I think that uh, probably the most quantifiable and interesting things, uh, innovations occur in places with economic freedom, where people are free from sort of a regulatory environment and opening their own business and you know doing experiments and you know whatever that might be. Uh, taxation is a is just a regulation of sorts. It punishes some behavior and rewards other behavior. So, you know, we uh, interestingly tax liquor, cigarettes, and making money. I don't know why, but that's what they do. Um, as though you're not supposed right. to drink liquor, um, you know, smoke cigarettes, and make money. I don't know. Um, I don't quite understand it all. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Dr- drink, liquor, smoke cigarettes, and what else? And make money. Um Dump- Sounds like a Saturday night. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, they'll put up signs that say, don't feed the bears. They'll become dependent on uh, handouts. And then they'll give handouts to people, uh, you know, subsidies and these sorts of things. So, you know, government subsidies. I'm looking generally in uh, ec- for economic freedom. So, you know, that's how I tend to evaluate these situations. Um, I try to look at charts, and there's plenty of them out there. For instance, New Hampshire was, um, you know, for a very long time, the, the freest place in America. Then it slipped down to number, to you know, lost to Florida. If you evaluate property ownership as an uh, important part of uh, what, how you consider freedom, and then pop back up and but then of course in the covid chart it's like middle of the pack like number 23 so it's hard right. to call it the freest place in america um whereas florida where i've spent a great deal of this uh the early part of this year is i think number five and it's pretty darn free it's almost like it was prior to the covid except that people are wearing masks when i go out oh, okay so since since the economy uh, is a large factor for you. Uh, what are the spe- specific um, items of the economy that you're looking at? You know, like whatever specific kind of tax or whatever. What are the actual specific economic line items you're looking at? So I can understand any tax. Um, anytime a government is demanding a tax is a, is when an organization that claims a monopoly privilege on the use of violence in a given landmass demands from you money and then calls it voluntary. Um, so. 
you know, I mean, I suppose you could call some things voluntary if you moved to a place and you buy a piece of property knowing that you're going to have to pay property tax. I guess you could call it voluntary, but it doesn't it, – it's still monopolistic in so much as, say, the school who gets the money, uh, the government school that gets the money, knows that they don't have to perform uh, very well against the private school that's just down the road because they're a monopoly and the private school isn't. Okay, and and to go to the next level, so pick a pick a, a geographic area that you're familiar with, whether it's Florida or New Hampshire, and you're considering you're you're already there, or you're considering going there, and you need to buy a, you need to have a place to live, and, and you need to do some sort of business. So, what are the specifics in New Hampshire or Florida, like property tax, uh, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that you would look at? What are they, and what is their current value? In other words, you know, if you use Florida as an example, a uh, typical piece of property would cost you X amount of tax, uh, etc. Uh, hold that thought, Dave. Yeah, hold the line, if you would. Um, I'm very, uh, yeah, I think these are great questions. We'll, and- get, we'll get into it, uh, and you can welcome, uh, we welcome your participation as well. 603-283-6160 if you want to join us here. What does freedom mean to you? It's Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio tonight, you have Ian. Bonnie. And Mark. We're going to go back into your calls and thoughts. We've got Dave in New Mexico. It's Night of the Daves, by the way. Dave in uh, New York, or Dave in New Hampshire, New York and New Mexico, and all of them in the new states. Wow, that's as well. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, tonight they all called in, and so Dave in New Mexico is asking. What's not interesting is is that uh, people who name states and uh, places in the United States just put the word boring and boys. They put new in front of things to you know call it a place. What were you going to say about boys? And they name boys boring things from the Bible. Mm, This is true. Uh, so Dave is with us here, and he is asking a question about criteria as far as what do you look at when you're looking to consider a place as far as freedom quotients, freedom factors, what are the the important ones to you? And Mark, you have been fielding his questions. He had some more I believe as well. Dave, you're back on Free Talk Live. Yeah, so uh, Dave's question to summarize is, is what sort of taxes and regulations do I look at when I'm evaluating a place to say whether or not that place is free? So the first thing I do is, is I look at the charts that are out there. So uh, the Heritage Foundation, the Freedom uh, Freedom of the 50 States, the uh, uh, Fraser Institute, Cato Institute, they all put out rankings of the different countries territories and states depending on which what it is that they do uh, for you to be able to sort of determine what's the freest and least freest place and but i mean you know for instance if i'm talking about florida 
the property taxes in Florida are significantly less, or were they're significantly less than they are, say, in New Hampshire. Florida has a sales tax, but I one tends to not spend. Uh, nearly as much on the things that one buys in a given year as you might pay extra in property tax. The reason for this disparity is is that Florida has extreme drawing power, and people in the United States often spend their uh, their vacation time there, and they get taxed for hotel rooms and these sorts of things. And the taxes offset the uh, the cost to the Florida citizens, so they're they're offsetting their cost to tourists, which I'm sure they do in New right. Hampshire if they could, but nobody wants to peep at leave not enough people want to peep at leaves to uh, to make that meaningful by the way mark you had claimed that uh, florida was the number one most economically free state i said and- that that had to do with property uh it had to do with property rights um so the reason that uh, florida beat new hampshire in, in what 20- study in freedom of the 50 states right just wanted to let you know the fraser institute studied the economic freedom of the right. entirety of north america and new hampshire is the number one most economically right. free i tried to uh, insert there. that just letting you know, yep. uh, New Hampshire scored 8.16 out of a potential 10. Okay. Uh, Florida scored 8.10, making it number two, where it's actually tied with Idaho at another 8.10 score. Below that, Wyoming. I think that there should be a uh, small bump in numbers for states where snow doesn't fall. <laughs> anyway, I just think it's worth but noting horrible here that- humidity. 12 months a year you get used to it mm. and no chaps- you don't, you get and used no to it. chapstick you do not get used to it i lived in san antonio you don't get used to it if you have curly long hair is it that bad in san antonio <laughs> it's very bad yeah it's it's hot and humid in there uh so anyway just thought it was worth pointing out that depending on what study you look at florida and new hampshire are they're duking it out uh on this they are one. duking it out and, and i'd like to answer answer the original question which is what do you look at because you did answer it mark for me, I looked at New Hampshire as the best bet because it was one of 10 options in the Free State Project original right. vote. You were able to vote on this. I joined later um, after the vote. And the reason I chose New Hampshire was because there were 101 of them, actually. There are 101 reasons. Uh, somebody came up with a really persuasive list. It was the group of people that were actually already living in New Hampshire. They were fans of of New Hampshire. They wanted New Hampshire to win every state that were, was in the uh, the ten options. They made their pitch basically, like here's why you ought to move here. And New Hampshire had a hundred and one reasons. And some of them were economic. Some of them were were personal freedoms. Some of them were political system uh, freedoms. And and it's a really persuasive list. And I'd like to encourage anyone uh, who wants to learn more about why New Hampshire was chosen to go to one hundred one reasonsfilmcom where you can watch the video version of the hundred and one reasons. I'm sure the Free State Project at fsp.org still has the text version if you care to see that version. Uh, but for me, it was hundred and one reasons. And Bonnie, what about you? I mean, do you have any uh, you know criteria? things that you would consider looking at florida is where all of the other southern states are where they have really bad drug laws no I, doubt florida I think is not less a, likely to legalize marijuana didn't they do something they for did medical medical and um at this point uh, you know i don't think new hampshire can claim anything about marijuana at this point we it have is, decrim it, and it, medical Right. So decrim means that the sentences are now lower. And when you say medical, 
Where can you go buy this medical marijuana? There are no sentences uh, for less than three quarters of an ounce and less of, of cannabis and less than five grams of concentrate. You will get a $100 fine. And there's actually legislation that's been being introduced. I think it was introduced last year and it got put on the table or something like that. So I, I would love to see New Hampshire. The legislation is going to get rid of the fine as well. Finally uh, move into the 21st century and get rid of its marijuana laws. Uh, but I mean, yeah. you know, drug its feet if uh, it gets all the way through. Them, if it gets rid of them, uh, New Hampshire has the highest chance of any other state of actually just getting rid of them and replacing them with, with nothing. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but given that we actually have liberty-loving state representatives here in New Hampshire, which is unlike anywhere else, by the way, uh, we've got, I think Dave Ridley claimed 30 of them earlier in the show tonight. Uh, that is not quite a tenth of the 400 state representatives that there are here in New Hampshire, but that's way more than any other state has anywhere. We've got the best chance of actually having a more freedom-oriented uh, legal situation with cannabis. Well, can that I an- back up? Answers- go ahead. No, go ahead. I say, can I back up the question, though, because I've never considered living in Florida ever. Mm-hmm. Um, when I lived in Texas, compared to um, New Hampshire, I felt like there was more people already here. More people who care about freedom, you mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, if you're going to if you're going to pick a place where people have moved for liberty, New Hampshire is the hands down winner. That's right. Now, I would like to uh, to to point out some of the best activists left Florida. You're talking about um, there being 30 free staters um, in the New Hampshire House. And that's an interesting point. But back in 2010. For the 2010 and 2011 legislative season, there were 120 New Hampshire Liberty Alliance A-rated, I think A and maybe B-plus or whatever. Whatever they rated as free, whatever the terminology was. There were 120. You go down to B-minus there. I don't I don't know if it was that yeah. hey, whatever it is. Um, so, I mean, whatever they considered to be the acceptable ratio to call you free, uh, freedom minded. They had one hundred and twenty of those reps. Right. And they did more in that year than they'd ever done before. And the of course, the you know, then 2012, 2012 comes. They uh, everybody wants to vote for Barack Obama. Since they brought voted for Barack Obama, yeah. they voted for Democrats. Democrats came in and everything changed. So whatever. Uh, well, the New Hampshire the Liberty victory, Alliance is victory st- is not linear. They're still endorsing a ton of candidates, and a bunch of the people they endorsed won their election this I hope time that, around. Well, what's the so, number? You don't I, know? I, off, the, off the top of my head, I don't recall, but I, I, I remember hearing it. It was impressive. Yep. I mean, a large percentage, the supermajority of the people they endorsed actually won. Uh, they, first of all, they won a bunch of primaries, and then a bunch of them won uh, the, yeah, uh, the and, actual election. And what election. I want for my brand here on the show, what I'm trying to achieve is to have the most level head about places that are free and what they're achieving. Uh, now, I like when liberty-oriented reps get elected, but remember, um, you know, just because they got elected doesn't mean they achieve liberty. And I'm t- I want to talk about liberty and what it's like to be there. And so, Ian... That you answer you, you, uh, my next question. You just answered two of them without knowing how the next question. But mm-hmm. uh, I was going to ask you to pull out out of those hundred and one reasons, if you could pull out you know your your top uh, couple or half a dozen or three or four, uh, and you just you just listed two of them. What are your next couple uh, uh, reasons for New Hampshire that are high on that list of one hundred and one? That's a great question, and to just do it off the top of my head is actually a really it's a tall order because homeschooling is incredibly important, and um, you know I think that. And New Hampshire does very, very well at that. There's lots of states that do well at it and surprising ones that do poorly. Um, mostly, if you don't have your kid in a government school system inside of a given state, they won't bother you and then you'll be 
able to homeschool or unschool or According whatever. to the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, there were 23 A-plus reps, 38 A-reps, and 27 A-minus reps in 2020 scores. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the number if you want to join us here. In the remaining moments, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about migrations. We're talking about freedom. We're talking about what are the criteria? What are you looking at? What are you interested in uh, as far as what motivates you to possibly pick up your life and move somewhere for more freedom? For a lot of people, it's, you know, there's a job somewhere. That's what motivates them to move to a place. Not necessarily that freedom is their motivator, but we're looking for those freedom-oriented people who want to combine their efforts with other freedom-oriented people. Now, Mark is trying to do something different than uh, than what those of us are who are mostly here in New Hampshire are trying to do. Uh, we're trying to, uh, and I, w- I don't want to speak for you, Mark, but Bonnie and I and uh, the other people who've migrated here for like the Free State Project or the Shire Society, these political or apolitical migrations, however you want to look at them, libertarians migrating to the same place. New Hampshire was chosen for a lot of reasons. And David in New Mexico is on the line. And uh, David, you'd asked me for some highlights from the uh, the 101 reasons that uh, Liberty lives in New Hampshire, which is both a list that was created 20 years ago at right. this point. I mean, uh, some of this stuff's out of date. At the, I'm looking at the original list here, and they're talking about the old governor from, you know, 20 years ago and things like that. Uh, but a lot of this stuff is still just, you know, rock-solid reasonings. Of course, New Hampshire has, you know, some great gun freedoms. Obviously, that means a lot to, to And people gun freedoms freedom. have increased since the free That's staters right. have, have been here, and I think that it is fair that they claim some credit. Yep, that's true. And we've seen drug freedoms in- increase as well. So we got both uh, guns and weed here in New Hampshire, which is uh, which is nice. When we There's- talk about the 20, um, 20 years ago, they put this 101 reasons. I think that, um, don't forget, a grad student, Jason Sorens at the time, um, he came up with this list. And- he did not. Well, he came up with a list of states. Yes, he set a criteria of right, but um, he didn't come up with 101 reasons. Those no, he were the came people up with who a, lived in New Hampshire. The list of states, which was any state that was below 1.5 million people, correct? Um, except and, except for Hawaii and uh, Rhode Island right. were uh, were included. So a quarter of the states were inc- well, a fifth of the states ended up being included. But what they did, what he didn't bother doing, was including places like American Samoa and the Northern Mariana Islands. And I think that was a mistake. I think it would have been interesting. Far fewer than um, 100,000 yeah. people at the time. I think that would have been interesting because, uh, you know, had he included the, those territories, right. then... The, may, the know, main criteria was the quantity of, of Americans in a given place, and he excluded the two territories which had, you know, yeah. like breathtakingly lower populations. Uh, one of the things we came across, I, uh, Bonnie, you and I were looking at something, I forget when when it was, maybe it was as we were driving up here or whatever, but uh, we found that New Hampshire has a tremendous level of wealth. Oh yeah, we wanted to know what the poorest states were because we drove through Arkansas. That's right, that's what it right. was. You were doing a little research was it on Mississippi? that. Mississippi? It was Mississippi was number one. Yeah, and it turned out New Hampshire was number one uh, wealthiest, wasn't it? Um, was it right? number New one wealthy? It was like four. At okay. one, uh, so New Hampshire at one point, and this is probably a few years old, this study, um, was the number one median income 
like in any Western country, like higher than Luxembourg, if you considered mm. like the European EU countries to be states of the EU, they compared essentially the provinces, the states, and the uh, the the other states, the EU states, and they put them all together and to see you know which ones are the richest. And New Hampshire came out as number one at that point, and I say that's one of the reasons why New Hampshire will not be will get not get significantly freer it's because rich people don't need more freedom and don't care about more freedom they have the world the way they like it dave uh anything else you want to throw out there go ahead yeah uh, um in your comparisons of freedom and and analyzing where to go uh and, and the answer is is no i believe but let me ask you did you did you ever compare the scenario that i suggested in the past where you look at specific counties that have a relatively low population where you could go in there and pretty much be left alone. If you came in with, uh, you know, a couple hundred people, you could pretty much uh, take control of the county. And I don't mean boss other people around, but I mean, but I mean, make sure that you make sure that you are left uh, alone. And I know you wanted to look at the states as a whole because you wanted to be looking at state level law and not county level ordinance. But did you ever look at the, those scenarios what i've looked at is is that um i've looked at it from the standpoint of a monastery or a religious retreat or something like that uh these things go on in the country uh in, in the united states all over the place and um a cult might be the term somebody wishes to use if they wish to use it but the idea that a bunch of people who are like-minded have a similar uh, moral uh guidance have a similar belief system get together in one place in order to uh you know pursue those ends and build something forward And I think that essentially um, pretty much every place but New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, um, like the New England states, excluding Maine, um, are good places for this because they respect religious freedom far more. New Hampshire is one of is the number one least churched state in the union. Mm -hmm. And they basically I was recent I was involved some years ago in a lawsuit where the Supreme Court of New Hampshire said that a town can basically arbitrarily decide whether or not uh, your religion is a religion. And now, and basically that excludes the opportunity in New Hampshire of starting a, a monastery, which may very well just be a housing development where people um, of a given moral uh, you know, philosophy, say libertarianism, so like – a libertarian housing development, which could have its own private uh, police, be excluded from paying for uh, you know public school and a whole bunch of other things, uh, property taxes generally. That's been slid off the table in New Hampshire, and I think it's a huge loss and has never really been uh, looked at by the uh, largely atheists uh, that have moved for the Free State Project. Thank you for the call, Dave. I appreciate the discussion here. And again, there's a lot of really great reasons to look at New Hampshire. I mean, I don't have a family, but they say it's a great place to raise families it's been rated the number one place for that and one of the reasons for that is because it has the lowest violent crime in the united states yeah, as far as vermont new hampshire and maine tend to vie for that but they're all part of the uh, acadia mm-hmm. region and for whatever reason violent crime is pretty darn low here there's a lot of gun ownership in across all three of yep. those states i mean yep. that's a huge factor and, and non-violent crime there's not a lot either and you know one of the things that impressed me uh is the political system here is at least until 2020 has been relatively accessible uh meaning that you can easily get in there as a state representative there's 400 state reps in this very small state it's the largest 
uh, legislative body in the entire North America, probably one of the I think so, top three, uh, number three in like the world as it's far number as number three of in reps. English speaking world and in the top five in yeah. uh, the world generally. It's huge, and and so I was just looking at this list of uh, representatives here, according to the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. I mentioned to you earlier, Mark, that there were – this is the 2020 ratings. They do every year. They look at all 400 state reps. They look at the 24 state senators, and they rate them based on their votes on various different issues. They had uh, in 2020 23 A-plus reps, 38 A-rated reps, 27 A-minus reps, and 33 B-plus reps. So, so you got over 100 – that you know, well over 100 reps that are pretty solid on most issues, the so supermajority. This is, is probably better than it was in the 2010-2011 uh, ratings. It sounds like they're being even judging a little h- more harshly than they were uh, previously, too, which is yeah, good news, good. in my opinion. That's good. And by the and, way, looking through just the list of the, the A-plus list I, I see at least four or five people that i know for a fact are free talk live listeners yeah oh you know? I, I am I, <laughs> I i i hope the very yeah. very best you know what i would love in um you know short order for somebody to say hey mark you know that stupid uh, uh constitutional amendment you wanted where reps were only uh the reps had to have a 75 percent majority to pass a law and only a 50 percent majority in order to uh to you know get away with one well we got it through now what do you got to say about the free state project i will eat my words i want to bring in uh, kenosha kyle here from our uh, matrix chat server you're on free talk live go ahead well, I'm so glad I live up here in North Idaho, not South Idaho, specifically Idaho Falls, where we have video footage of a uh, school board trustee uh, just losing her mind about insisting we must ignore facts and wear masks, mask the children. We can't do in-classroom, even though surrounding schools do five days in-classroom without issues. And the, uh, you know, the well, look cases at all the of spike COVID- in cases. Oh, there isn't one. Oh, wait, you mean the 77% drop over six weeks because yeah. of Biden? Look right. at the corpses everywhere in all of the streets in Florida. Right, They're just they're just dying in the streets in Florida where they don't follow any of these rules. Oh, and up here in North Idaho where they don't even wear masks in school. Everyone's dying. Kids are dying. I mean, it's, it's a travesty. Life is normal. And this woman, she freaks out. She can't even breathe because of this gigantic rope tied over her head mask as she's just losing her mind denying facts. Is she double masked? No, it's just a big honking mask that's like tied she over love her Jesus. head. She's actually like got she needs a recall. to go back to California. Yeah, she's getting recalled next month. She doesn't really believe if she's not wearing two masks. Hey, that's what they think. Well, soon it'll be three masks. It's like the star belly sneech. Now they need extra stars in their bellies. Yep. Uh, hey, now. Kyle, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, we uh, will have time for you if you join us tomorrow night online. In the meantime, you can find us over at freetalklive.com. Welcome to another exciting adventure of Jonathan Gullible. As you may recall, we last left Jonathan Gullible on a remote Pacific island after his boat was blown far off course by a terrific storm. Eager to learn about the inhabitants of this island, Jonathan wandered across a town square where he came across a vicious hair-pulling, nail-scratching brawl between a man and a woman. Just as the police were dragging them away, Jonathan nudged an onlooker and said, What was the fighting all about? Oh, these two have been screaming at each other for years about the books in the council library. The man says that many of the books are full of trashy sex and immorality, that they should be taken out and burned. What does the woman say to that? (laughs) She calls him a pompous Puritan. However, she claims that many of the library books have sexist and racist messages. 
She demands that those books should be burned and that her list of books should be purchased instead. And I suppose the police are arresting them because of this brawl? (laughs) Not at all. Both of them are being arrested for not paying the book tax. You see, according to the law, everyone is compelled to pay for all the books, whether they like them or not. Why aren't these people allowed to pay their money to a library of their own choosing? Then they wouldn't have to pay for books they don't like. Oh, there used to be such libraries. They were called subscription libraries because you could voluntarily pay for those you liked. But they've been driven out of business by the free libraries that people are forced to pay for. Everyone's got to pay for those or go to jail. It's much more civilized, don't you think? So ends another bizarre episode in the life of Jonathan Gullible. Build freedom with laughter. Join the community. Access free media clips and more. Or get your free PDF copy of the book. Go to jonathangullible.com now. jonathangullible.com We'd like to invite you to visit freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com Attention gardeners, if you need to grow nutritionally dense vegetables or medicinal herbs this year, listen, because a bioactive superfood for plants is now available. This all-natural superfood for plants is so effective at producing maximum plant growth in minimum time that it almost forces plants to grow, even under the worst light and soil conditions. It's called Proto-Grow, and it's truly remarkable. Vegetables grow faster and contain more bioavailable vitamins and trace minerals. Plants that rarely bloom will flower constantly. Sickly plants become vibrantly alive, medicinal herbs become super potent. Flowers become more vivid right before your very eyes. Proto-Grow also improves the taste quality of all your garden vegetables. That's because it's more than just an all-natural superfood for plants. It's a proprietary blend of bioactive sea nutrients that contain the basic building blocks of life itself, which is why Proto-Grow even renews your garden by increasing the microorganisms in the soil. Learn more at growlikecrazy.com. That's growlikecrazy.com. Get special pricing for network listeners right now at growlikecrazy.com.